To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode is also brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for the all-new dark roast coffee. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, folks, open an account today with Weeble, and with just a $100 deposit, you'll get four free stocks. And if you refer a friend, you'll get two more. Such a simple way to start a portfolio with the power of a desktop, tablet, or cell phone. With Weeble, you'll get zero commission fees, access to pre-market trading, and in-depth analytical tools for more advanced users. If you want to support this program, go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the Weeble banner in the contact section. That way, I'll get free stocks, and you'll get free stocks. Now, that's something most of us can agree on. Terms and conditions do apply. See Weeble.com for more information. Thank you to Weeble, and please trade responsibly. Bored housewives, so they're generally hitting the Moscato too because they need something sweet in their lives because their husband is f-ing sour. Sh-. That ring on your finger? Some pygmy died digging that out of a f-ing hole for you to say I do and ruin some guys like. Yeah, look at that dude. He's got a hernia shaped like a bag of f-ing pretzels that he just. You're ate. going to Thailand. You're going to smash some dude. Going over there for guy time, but it's not with his buddies. What does it say on the bottle? Well, if it says that on the bottle, why did you put it on your head? All these actors did was shut their mouths because they didn't want to be run out of Hollywood. Now a bad batch of Chinese food has you blowing insurance premiums on vitamin f***ing D. Too much. (laughs) I sound like Bill Maher. Really, John? Really? Really? We can't do this anymore, auntie. I'll see you at the bar mitzvah. almost like it never existed, but it f***ing did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself. We walk the streets at night. We go where eagles dare. They pick up every movement. They pick up every loser. JHairPositiveSarcasm.com recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. June 2021. Woo! You have any fucking idea how much caffeine I had to shove down my throat in order to do this episode. But... Holy shit, I have got so much trash to dump on you guys right now. It is absolutely out of control. But until then, I am back and nothing is going to bring me down this time. I am so glad to be behind. Am I even recording? All right, we're recording. I'm so glad to be here in front of you. Whether you can hear me, whether you can see me, if you can feel me. Chase, what are you doing? Oh, that's right. Chase is here. I'm going to get him a little seat so he can sit next to me. Who's your good boy? Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. Email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. Thank you to everybody. Oh, be sure to like to and subscribe to my two YouTube channels, positive sarcasm, positive sarcasm podcast. I mean, if you want, you don't have to. You don't even have to listen to this episode. I mean... You probably want if you want fucking serious drama. Oh, God. Okay. This is going to be a crazy one. Um, I've been away for a while, and then I was away for a little while longer. And uh, there's a lot There's a lot going through my head. I mean, d- the minute I sat down here and, and pulled up my notes, 
sat down here and pulled up my notes and looked at all the other stuff. I mean, my heart started beating again. Like, oh shit. Like, this actually happened. I saw this stuff. It was confirmed to me. And it's all, it's all right here. And I didn't know what way to give it to you if I should give it to you in a calm manner or I should be like, uh, uh, you know, like a documentary or what style I should give it to you. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it the way I can do it. The way I, the only way I can give it to you, honestly, because there's so much, there's a huge prologue to this whole entire thing, this whole thing. And to my left is something that I love so much that I would do anything for. Um, he's the best thing in the world to me. He's my best friend. And and to my, my right is an image of myself. The things behind me are representative of my past. In front of me is an audio recording that will live throughout history. And a brand new studio set up um, with spare parts like usual that running on a dime. And how do I start this? How do I? It's been so freaking long. I mean, all kinds of emotions and, and crying and just and laughing and joy and it's all wrapped up. And I'm sitting here in, in front of this caramel friggin' way Aroma Joe's coffee, just tr trying to wonder how much more I should drink to divulge what has happened to me, not only in the past couple weeks, not only in the past couple months, but in the last two and a half years. How long is this episode going to be? How much information am I actually going to give you? And how many emotions are you going to see? But it's like, okay, well, let's just go down this river. I'll tell you everything I know and everything that's been confirmed. And it should be more than enough to tell you who was right, who was wrong, who was of good character, and who was a goddamn piece of shit. So, fuck it. Everything's running. Let's get started. And, well, I guess let me just tell you a story. Let's just tell you a big story, like a fucking uncut version of Lord of the Rings. This is the story of a girl. This is the story of a girl who pounds wine and fucks the whole world. Who scrolls like men through Instagram. I absolutely love her. Because she's trash. 84 guys in a year. I mean, we'll run when that. Okay, that's what's, what band was that? Who cares? Let's just let's do it again. Bring it, audience. This is the story of a girl who pounds wine and fucks the whole world. Who scrolls through men like Instagram. I absolutely loathe her because she's trash. Da -da 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 -da. So I am sitting here over 200 episodes of my, my life divulged to you in interesting puzzle pieces. And you've seen through the last six or seven episodes of my fears, my worst fears coming true, me having to step away, having to deal with legal situation, a legal matter. And now it's like, okay, let's get it out there, everything, and then let's proceed forward like I normally would. Let's just get, because that was the whole idea of this whole podcast. Okay, it's just not be held back by, for any reason, Right or wrong, just make sure you're telling the truth to the best of your opinion so that you can, not only can I learn from it, but you can learn from it. Because everything that I do, everything I do, um, 
no no more songs um to look we've all gone through shit like this uh, whether you're on one side or the other and we try to tell we we think we tell the truth like you post a pic on Instagram and then you write a big blog about it but mostly it's cuz you don't have any talent to make that story bigger you're thinking it i'm saying it you're doing it i'm reporting on it so all the feelings that you're going through, I'm portraying whether it be through a YouTube video or through a podcast, it's happening to you in some way, shape, or form, whether on a really low-tier minor league level or on a major league playoff game-like level like I've gone through, where everything is in jeopardy, or everything is at jeopardy. On jeopardy? For jeopardy? This is jeopardy. Boop, 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 boop. And the categories are, you're fucking homeless again. So these are the things that are going through my mind. And let's start in the very beginning. Okay. So I wear this ring for a certain reason. It belonged to my father. I got a picture of my father back there. Uh, that's his Camaro. Um, so I wear this ring. I, when I stood over his deathbed, his final resting place in the living room of my mother's house in, in, in a hospital type of bed, I stood over him and I said to him that I would never let anyone he, anyone betray our last name ever again because he went through some shit with the police department and, and corrupt police chiefs and county attorneys and all that shit and he went through that and I was like look you know this is the only thing I can promise you going forward is that when you when you find your forever sleep know that no one will ever fuck with our last name ever again anyone Ever. We, you have, your family is full of alphas now, and we will run this shit. So I took that going forward to know that I had to stand true to that, and you can't just hide in a corner while somebody just lives their life on your dime or on your name or on your efforts, and that's not going to happen. And that was years ago. He died in 2017. Um, I was only six episodes deep into my YouTube channel, which was awful at the time. And trying to figure out how to move forward, and then finally getting a rhythm. And then, as I about a year later, as I started to move forward and get more interesting content, I was leaving San Antonio, Texas, flying back. Not not really sure of what what my life was going to be like. And then finally, by November of 2018, I was doing a, a wedding video for my niece. And I was like, okay, I need to focus here. I need to take a month to think about what my path is going to be like, where I'm going to live, and what I'm going to do, and what is my plan. Because my plan has always been, I'm going to move to the ocean, I'm going to have a simple life, I'm not going to get over my head, and I'm just going to focus on the good, simple things in life. That way, because I am big on just giving to people and being form being an, an, a, a, a reliable person who... If you come into my life, you know exactly what you're getting and it's consistent and it's reliable. And if you want to build on top of that and I can be a supporting structure to your world as well, then absolutely, I'm going to, that's who I am. And if you don't like it, you know what you're getting from the very beginning. That doesn't mean I can, I'm not out to better myself each and every single day. I have a plan to better myself. My plan is not to strafe through life trying to avoid all the troubles. My plan is to, little by little, build a concrete foundation that is unbreakable, absolutely unbreakable. So by the end of 2019, I was like, all right, I had tried a couple relationships. It didn't work. I still had some debt that I need to get rid of. And I, I, I had a very tight schedule and I had a very tight budget. 
So I'm like, all right, I, I need to focus on getting my own place. And then eventually I need to make that merge towards the ocean. Because, I mean, I, once I tried Palm Beach, once I was in Palm Beach, I was like, well, first of all, the company I went with sucked. The second time, not the first time. The company I went with was not any fun. But I loved Palm Beach so much. I'm like, I love the ocean. How could I be without the ocean? I can't. That's, this is my thing. And it doesn't matter whether it's one season or all four seasons. As long as I'm near that ocean, I'm at peace. And I need to be at peace because there's a lot uh, of revolving demons in my life that I was trying to get rid of. And I was like, let me just be at peace so I can part of, be part of a positive community, a helpful community, a, 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 a together community, so I can help be a better person. Because by living in Manchester, although I had a very nice place and blah, 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 it was getting worse. And I saw it getting progressively worse. And I needed to figure a way out of it. And it was a lot of moving parts to help me get out of that. So 2019 happened. And I was like, let me, and I think I was talking to Johnny Monotone, but it was, I think, a year later. It was like in, just before COVID hit. In 2019, where I'm like, all right, I got to focus here. I got to pay down all of my debt. That's my goal. I need to have reliable vehicles. Um, reliable vehicles, a reliable, uh, you know, roommate for that situation, even though my roommates, one turned out to be a giant alcoholic and the other one turned out to be a fucking heroin addict who Narcaned on my goddamn floor at like four or five fucking fucking clock in the morning and the cops kicked in the, the window. So that was great, you know? So then at, at that point I decided, I think I'm just going to have this whole place to myself. And then I built the spare parts studio. So... In 2019, that was my goal. No women, no distractions, just do the work. Create the content, get better. Get better. And then the wedding videos started happening. The wedding videos started happening. The, the drift racing con stuff came back. And a lot of new content was coming my way where I was focused less on, less on week to week to week where I did a 100-episode run of just trying to create the content because in, if you have creative ideas in your head or just ideas in your head, you need to get them out, write things down, edit them, put them out there into the world, or just get them out of your head so that you can process new information. And that helped me become more creative and helped me with my transitions and my transitions. And I helped me just be a better video editor, be a better audio editor and all this other stuff. And it also helped me reach a more global audience for my posing music stuff too, because, you know, that's... That was just another avenue I didn't know that I had available to me. So creating all this stuff. And then obviously, I lived in an apartment for an entire year. For an entire year. And uh, my landlord, who owned the place for years, years, and actually lived in the place for a long time, decided he was going to sell it. So I got nervous. I got very nervous because I was like, oh, shit, I'm not ready to move yet. I need like another year or so. So I'm sitting there in a very clean apartment. It's basically all to myself. And I'm like, okay, people are going to come parading through my house, basically. You know, because it's, it's a, it's a two-family house. It's like a downstairs and an upstairs. So somebody's obviously going to be living downstairs. Who's going to live upstairs? But it was like negotiated almost into the contract that if somebody were to buy a two-family house, they'd live downstairs and then they'd rent the upstairs apartment. So... That eventually did get negotiated. I'm sitting there uncomfortably in my room just seeing people going through it and saying all kinds of things and how are they going to turn, you know, some of them saying that, you know, what, how, what, how are they going to utilize the top floor? And it's like, oh, fuck, I'm the top floor. 
I'm the fucking top four. How are you going to utilize it? What do you mean? So finally, somebody purchased it. Uh, uh, a, a, a couple engaged to be married. And I was like, okay. And then they sat down with me to, a, to ask me a couple questions. What was my plan? And I was like, look, you want to keep me, if you want to keep me up here, great. Here's my plan, blah, blah, blah. I'm no BS. At the end of the day, uh, the rent's got to be paid on time. And that's my goal. And you guys, I'm going to stay out of your way. I'm not a problem, blah, blah, blah. They liked that. They offered me a one-year contract. I took it. So I'm up there doing my thing. And then literally a month goes by. And they're not here. They haven't, they, they obviously closed in the place. They're not here. And then I get a text saying that, um, that the mail ha- is no longer allowed on the property. I'm like, oh, this is great. Now I'm in a fucking tr- uh, drama thing here. Like this, tr- try this. I don't know, this, what do you call it, a Mexican standoff where you got the girl here, the guy here, and me upstairs, and like we're all pointing at each other, and who's going to flinch? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. So they're both contacting me. I don't know who to talk to in this situation. Obviously, if, if it's a breakup situation, you have to side with the girl, especially if the property's involved, because I don't, it, it, whoever owns up, ends up opening, uh, owning the house, if I'm on the wrong side of that fence, I'm going to get kicked to the curb because I haven't signed anything yet. So I sided with the girl and literally, I'm like, so I knew the guy, he was gone out of the picture. And then I think like literally the the day she came back an, another guy was there. Another guy was there. I was like, well, fucking whatever. Whatever, it's probably like a one night stand or some revolving thing. I don't know, this shit is none of my business. My job is to take care of whatever's upstairs and that's the end of it. That's it. No shit's none of my business. I don't know anything about the dating scene. I don't know how that shit works. I don't know how you swipe left or right. I guess you just swipe left or right, but I don't know how any of this stuff works. This isn't my place. Let me just build this small parts and spare parts empire and get to work. So I start building. I start working with, uh, you know, the nonprofit. I start reaching out and creating more contacts and I'm keeping an eye on everything. And in early 2019, I think it was. Yeah. 2019, uh, my car got hit and run. Like, I, it was parked, and somebody smashed right into it, destroyed it. It was a hardtop convertible. It was a nice car. It wasn't anything special. But I love convertibles. And it was destroyed. So now, my, I have my car is fucking totaled. Completely totaled, just sitting there in front of a fence house. All over the road. In the middle of winter. So now I got no car. So Johnny Monotone lets me borrow his, 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 uh, his Volkswagen at the time. You know, I borrowed it for, like, I don't know, four weeks, I think. Like, a you know, month or two. And I had to pay off the, the remaining balance of the of the what I owed on the last car, which was like two thousand dollars. So I'm great. So I got to pay this off, and and I still need another car. So my be- my best friend helps me out with transportation and a little front end cash, not not much, but the, what I needed to get down there. And I ended up purchasing this beautiful Mustang GT convertible. And this is this car is still with me to this day in excellent condition. And now it's like, okay, so now I've got a piece of my heart back because I've always been, since my very first car at the age of 16, I've owned a convertible. And 
that was something very special to me to have not only just a convertible, but to have basically the convertible. You know, you can have like a, a Corvette convertible, Mustang convertible, uh, I don't know, something or other convertible, but a Mustang GT convertible. Like that's the, you drive that, you're good. For convertibles, that's how you do it. So, you know, it had everything it needed. So I'm like, oh, great, good. So that one part's, I have that identity to my name. That's a, It's a credible car. Excellent. So I, I get to work immediately on the rest of the content. I'm monitoring what's going on upstairs in my own life. And I'm monitoring everything upstairs to make sure I'm staying out of, I basically, this woman who lives downstairs. Um, as the, the months get warmer, um, I, I understand that she has a dog. Um, and she has a little girl. The little girl's not around much, though. And then throughout the, the, the time there, I'm just focusing on making sure that I... Because I wanted to keep the rent low. And obviously, on a one-year contract, she, she could decide to... Because I was getting the impression that she was maybe not a no-bullshit person, but I just got the impression that... And I assumed because I have this imposter syndrome. Like, if I don't own it, I don't belong in it. So at any time, she could kick me out or find a violation or whatever. So I did my best to stay out of the way and be really nice and keep the rent as low as possible. Even if that meant raking the leaves or whatever. And I just found that a lot of stuff maybe she didn't have time for because, you know, she was a nurse and blah, 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 and had a kid. I totally get it. Um, there was a lot of responsibility in her hands. So I just helped out by maybe raking leaves or keeping the place clean or whatever. You know, and um, that, and I, the only thing I really noticed, it was so funny. There was this one day where she was dating this guy who drove, you know, it's so funny. Think of the contrast here. It was a white guy and a black S-Class Mercedes. And then that guy was gone. And it felt like the very next day, I'm looking out the window at about 7 a.m. And I see a black dude running uh, across my front lawn, getting into his white S-Class Mercedes. I'm like, I, I, I find the contrast so interesting. I find it so interesting. Like, that's, that's interesting that the pattern's very different the other day. But okay, fine. So that was the one thing that happened. I'm like, well, I, I can pretty much put two and two together of what, ta what has taken place. Um, so that happened. So towards the end of the year, I was still working on... I was still very much single, not dating, not doing anything because my focus was on, okay, it's it, we're, we're approaching 2020. We're approaching 2020. I need a new plan here of what is going to be my next step for next year. All right. I had just signed a new lease agreement um, for the rest of 2020. So, um, and then I'm thinking like, okay, uh, what are my plans after this? I want to pay off all my debts. I have this plan now. I'm going to pay off all my debts by the end of the year. And then when that happens, I'm going to try to find a place by the seacoast. So let's proceed forward. I sit down with Johnny Monotone towards the end of the year. And I said, okay, here's what I'm him. I just got to keep my head down, keep uh, focused on the goal. And then things are going to look really great. And things did. Like, I had weddings under my belt. I got paid some really good money to do some contracts. I had some good nonprofit stuff. I reconnected with uh, a lot of people. And I got to work 
uh, on 2020, I didn't do a lot of content, but I had the podcast rolling now. And getting the podcast rolling was a big deal to me because that's what started this whole thing. Well, it was the articles and then the podcast. So that spread and 2020 hit and I was wondering, uh, it was, it's obviously cold. So I didn't do it. I don't shoot a lot when it's really, really cold out. It's just hard to do. So, sorry, now I'm getting into the part where things get interesting. So I've got to be, I've got to be focused here. So I didn't realize that I was setting up this, like, what do you call it? Sanitary apocalypse for myself. Where, this, where everything is going to be so clean and organized and set to order that it's basically setting myself up for pure disaster, pure calamity, pure apocalypse. 2020 hits. I'm, on, I'm in good standing, great standing with downstairs. I'm in good standing with all my occupation and with everybody around me. I haven't dated. I haven't done anything. I've just focused on family, friends, and content and building the empire. Um, I, one day I get a text asking me to do, uh, dog sit the or let the dog out downstairs. Now, Chase and I have not met. We haven't met at the, really at this point. So I go downstairs. The door is unlocked for me. I walk in. The dog is on the top bunk of this bed, little girl's bed. And he's like, who is this? And he's a rat. I can tell he's a, I know he's a rescue. He was much skinnier when I first saw a picture of him. And he's like, what is going on? He's definitely afraid of me. And I'm like, okay, how do I, he doesn't want to go by me. He doesn't want to come near me. And the way the house was set up was the, 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 the door was to, to the point where he had to go right by me in order to get to outside to go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, I get it. So, uh, I managed to get him into the kitchen, but he didn't want to leave. So he, we sit there. I just sit down on the ground and I just look at him. I grab like a piece of bread and I toss it to him or whatever. And I'm like, how am I going to get him to move? And we're just sitting there staring at each other. If I try to get closer, he barks or he does the little growl thing. Um, I'm just looking at him right now. He's fucking, he's sleeping on my bed. Um, He's just sitting there looking at me and I'm looking at him and just obviously just wanting him to trust me. Like, look, I'm just down here to let you out and make sure that you're okay. Because I don't know what kind of treatment you've had. I don't, I, I know you're only a couple of years old and I just want to make sure that you're okay and that I'm your friend. I'm your friend now. So I let him out and finally managed to get him. I, I stand in, in a way in the dining room that he can go by me. But then when I try to open the door for him, he won't come inside. And then I walk, I walk away and then he will step inside. And then I try to let him go by me and he runs back outside. But I can't go and grab him or try to pick him up because he doesn't understand that yet. That If I'm doing that, I'm only trying to help him along. So I try to find a way to get him inside and then get in front of him so that he doesn't try to run back outside again. So I finally close the door. I let him in and it's cool. And then we're good. And then I, I'm like, okay, buddy. You're good. Here's a treat. We're cool. Uh, and then I hang out with him. And then Medusa shows up. She wasn't Medusa to me at the time, but we'll go with that. Uh, 
And I'm like, yeah, he, he was great. We sat for like an hour to, to get him to trust me. He's the best. He's awesome. Um, and that was it. And then I, I think I did it once again. And then it was around like February. Um, I think she was dating somebody at the time, obviously. Um, I, it was just a revolving dorm. If it wasn't a plumber, it was a landscaper. If it wasn't a landscaper, it was an electrician, you know? Uh, so I don't know what interest she had in Jews. Um, cause I'm not the greatest accountant. So it's quiet upstairs. Um, I went and watched the dog again. I get invited down to like, I don't know, have like some food or whatever. I don't know, whatever. We sit down, we finish watching a movie, she takes Morgan to bed, and, uh, and um, I go upstairs. I'm about to shut my phone off. You know, and I was very polite and everything like that, and um, I, I'm, yeah, I, I shut my phone off because I was going to bed like 8 o'clock at night because I was up early every morning, and I get a text right before I'm about to f- shut my phone off. Asking me uh, of rating my attraction to her. And I'm like, you have to be fucking kidding me. Like, this is the person who I pay my rent to. And now it's this this thing now. Why? Am I like the next man up? So obviously, I haven't dated in over a year at this point. I haven't done anything. I haven't spoken to anybody on a relationship or an intimate level. And... I'm getting this text, and I overthink everything. I overanalyze everything. I mean, obviously, I'm a vanity person, but I'm a very, in a lot of ways, detail-oriented person. So I get this text, and I'm like, this comes with a slew of responsibility and consequences. How do I entertain this? Well, I'll just answer it as on, uh, truthfully. Yeah. Yeah, she's attractive. She's nice to me. Or has become more nice, become nicer to me. So let me, I'm like, yeah, it's obvious, but I'm not going to discuss this via text. So I'm like, all right, well, I go down there. I knock on the door. I'm like, can we talk about this? This is something like, I'm not going to discuss this via text. Via, via text is stupid. You don't discuss things via text. Text messages, hi, I'm on my way. Or do you want anything from the store? Or, hey, can you call me real quick? Not anything emotion-wise. If you do that, you're an idiot. Anything that you do that has emotional consequences via text message, you're a fucking moron. Or you're just trash. We'll get to that later. So, I need some coffee. Mm-mm. God, that's so good. All right, well, let's keep going here. This one's this is going to take a while. I just got the 2020. Holy shit. Can I wrap this up in an hour? Fuck, I hope so, but I doubt it. All right. I go down there. I sit on the couch, and I'm like discussing this. I'm overanalyzing the fuck out of this because I'm not dealing with a potential, not only dealing with a potential relationship here, because that's what I'm in for. I, this is what I do. I'm not, at this point, I'm in my late 30s. I'm not into anything like that, I, whatever. I, I want something wholesome and uh, uh, promising. And obviously from her behavior that I've seen over the course of the year, the, that I'm, I don't want to be disposable and just banished upstairs. That's not my thing. 
I'm not here to be used as a fucking rent check and a piece of ass. I, I, I want to be of value. I want to be somebody where you wake up and your coffee's made. That's my thing. I, I am, I'm not the best thing that could happen, but I'm a pretty goddamn good thing. You know, I'm not made of money, but I tell you one thing, I've got no fucking debt. At that point, I had some, but it would have been gone by the end of the year. So I am a consistent rent check and I'm a consistent individual. So I sit there for like an hour with her and just discussing this and throwing all this shit in her face to try to essentially convince her that this isn't a good idea. But it didn't go that way. I don't know why, but it didn't go that way. So I wished her good night, gave her a kiss and fucking left. But that was it. Besides that little outro, that was the night. And I walked upstairs. And I went to bed. Um, I should note that it was Valentine's Day weekend. So add that in add that in the context however you see fit. So the next day, it's about it's obviously February of 2020. So put that in perspective. It's February of 2020. Everything's still open. And I have just had this interesting conversation with my landlord. So Medusa texts me the next morning. And then we chat further. And I'm like, all right, is this a good idea? I'm like, I don't know. Is is dating ever a good idea? Am I even a good idea? I don't know at this point. I'm trying to put everything in black and white. You know? And, you know, not like the Mercedeses that I saw back to back that one, those two days, but I don't know how women date nowadays. I don't know if they're just, if it's basically just a freight train of fucking guys and then they meet the one. If that's the case, why am I even bothering? If that's the, if that's actually how, that's what, if that actually is what dating is like now, do I really want to insert myself into that situation? How do I find any value in that? I get it. Guys do it too, but look, by the time you're 30, fucking grow up. I should have told myself that long ago, but obviously I've been through this situation before on a more, on a minor, well, compared to now, a minor, a lesser degree, but an emotionally damaging one nonetheless. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's actually give this a whirl and I'm going to give you my best effort. You're going to get everything that I have available at my disposal. Because I'm a decent dude, I'm stubborn, I know, but I I know spots and I know things. It's like I know a good cookie place down in Boston. Uh, I didn't know anything about pandemics because that's a different animal altogether. Uh, But, you know, we had some some really interesting, it was obviously interesting because, you know, honeymoon stage, I guess. Interesting first month there. And then March came. So we're in this together. She lives downstairs. I live upstairs. And we got, I'm, I'm taking, and, and through all this, there's a little girl who's being raised partly by her and her grandmother. And then there's, then there's the dog who I'm like, all right, I'm going to, and this dog seems like he doesn't get out much, doesn't really is kind of afraid of people. I'm like, let me see if I can 
change his mind about things. Because, you know, I've worked with a nonprofit that, you know, no, so the first thing you do at dogs at an early age is you socialize them. You get them to trust other animals. You get them to trust people. And then you give them direction. You give them instruction. You make them understand discipline. You make them in dis- understand discipline to the degree that you don't really have to execute those disciplines for a long time. It kind of is ingrained in them that, hey, just you know, be yourself. Be the dog that you were genetically built to be, but within these lines. So he's, I'm like, he's like, what's a walk? I've never gone for a walk before. I'm trying to whisper because if he hears me, he'll freak out. I'll take him for one later. Freak out. His name is Chase. Freak out. So we go do these things and he's enjoying it. And I learned, he's like, eventually like, oh, I don't, I don't need to tug. We're going to keep going forward here. So I'm progressing with, the, with, with Medusa and I'm progressing with Chase and I'm learning how to put these things together. And obviously I'm not a stepdad, but you know, I have these things and I laid out a foundation of here's how I can help. And here's how I can be a part of your life. And then COVID smashes right into everything. And my fear wasn't really of the whole pandemic. My fear was of people and how they react to these things. Because all people do is panic. And you saw that from the grocery store rushes and things flying off the shelves. So these were, the. I'm not afraid of the virus. I'm afraid of people. Because people do stupid shit. Really stupid shit. Myself included. But all I did was like, I don't want to fucking deal with people. So I was home every day because that was the way the situation was set up for me is I was home every day while she was recovering from a a, a leg surgery, foot surgery, whatever. And Chase was with me every single day, head in my lap. So I'm like, okay, well, now is the perfect situation for me to take this whole thing and progress it to the point where it's like, why don't we become a family in a good environment? I told her about my hopes and my dreams and the things I wanted and the things I was trying to do and the things I was trying to build. And it all seemed like it was relaying pretty well, but it's like, look, this is none of your business as far as like, you don't have to, you don't have to be a part of it. You don't, I don't need your effort on it. It's like, you just do you and I'll be there for you every step of the way. Like a good man should. And I did that. I was good at it. I mean, the things I... Now, as far as my faults were concerned, yeah, the whole mask thing, yeah, I didn't want to be a part of it. I thought it was bullshit, which it was. Um, I didn't want to be going out in public and going to restaurants because people were still so judgmental at that point. So I just decided to avoid people. I figured if I avoided people for a year, it'd probably be fine. But that whole year fucked everybody up and broke a lot of people. And it hurt my trust in people a lot because I saw what humanity was doing. But I figured that I had enough people in my life that I trusted, really close friends, really close family, and Medusa. And I was like, okay, this is who I need to trust. So let me do that. So, you know, we work with each other as far as relationships goes, uh, whether it be for communication, for intimacy, for uh, trust, for financial stability, basically just let's put this thing together, be honest, be faithful, and 
communicate what are we going to do in the future? Is this, I didn't go into this saying, let's see where it goes. I'm like, I'm going into this thing and I want this to be true and I want this to be it. But giving them as much space as possible because they're working on college stuff and hey, that's their thing and I have my opinions on it. But if you're going to do it and it's really going to give you value, great. You go do that. You go do that and you be the best goddamn college graduate you can be and make all the money in the world and good on you. Great. So summer hits, you know, a couple things here and there, some family get togethers, whatever. Hasn't met my family because my family is in one state and then very far up north and they're doing their own thing. It's like, great. And then towards, let's see. Um, things are still going very well. Close to the summertime. I'm home every day. Dog is doing excellent. But I just, I noticed that there was this rift between her and her mother and some things happened between her and her mother and the little girl where it's like, look, obviously I don't want to get involved with the mother anymore because I, I just don't trust her for whatever reasons. Um, so I just kind of stopped dealing with that. Maybe that was my fault. Like just, I didn't want to deal with her and I was like, I, I, I'm not getting involved. You figure that out. There's obviously a huge rift there for whatever reason, but I'm only seeing it from one angle or two angles, but definitely not seeing it from all the angles. There's always a spectrum of viewpoints. And I only have a couple that which I can witness it through. So that was an issue, but it wasn't a a death sign. At least to my degree, my thought process, it wasn't. But I was doing very well on the other side of the family. I was a stand-up dude. I was there and I was helpful. And I was now I'm like, okay, right, I'm gonna buy groceries. So I'm gonna buy a lot of groceries. I'm gonna take care of the cooking. So I was taking care of like before you wake up, coffee's ready. French pressed and everything. Lunch was made. You had your lunch ready to go for the next day. You had your dinner was ready. So I'll take care of buying the groceries. I'll take care of all that stuff. So it's now it's now you can just focus on being a good mother, being a good employee at wherever you work, and just be focusing on you and being a better person and getting healthier. And losing weight, which she did. She lost a lot of weight because I was doing, not really doing her diet, but the way I was cooking and then she was back on her feet and, you know, working out and boom, it's just like, and she loved it. She got, she got attached to it. And nothing as far as the past or what I had seen or witnessed, it was in the back of my head, but it was like, no, that's whatever it's that 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 doesn't matter at this point what matters is right now this moment that belongs to us and us alone so there was no mistrust there was no going through somebody's cell phones or emails whenever a phone would go off it's like whatever who cares doesn't matter my phone gets shut off at night now anyways so there was none of that none of that at all no concerns of any of that shit so it's like okay let's just continue forward Getting closer to the fall, we were talking about what was the plan here. You know, my my contract with the apartment was coming to an end. Um, so basically, I was going to verbally go month to month. And at this point, everything was still as it was. I didn't, I was, 
in a situation that I didn't like as far as employment. I hated what I was doing. Hated it. And I wanted out. And I made it very clear that I didn't, I didn't like the person I was, I was during that period for that stuff. And I kept it very to myself. Um, but I was open and honest about everything. So I was just like, let me do this and, and work on building something towards my dream. This is my, I told, when you tell somebody your dreams, you hope that they agree with you or they encourage you with those things. And it was agreed that the seacoast was a really good idea. And I was like, look, one way or another, I'm going there. That's where I'm going. What do you think? And we started talking about schools. We started talking about employment. And we started talking about homes and all that stuff. And I was like, look, here is my financial situation. By this time in 2021, when hopefully this whole shit show is over with, I'm going to be completely debt-free. I'm going to give you some money for your troubles. If we're living together and we got this beautiful place, little place, doesn't have to be anything special. It could be a little tiny cape near the ocean. Doesn't matter. As long as we're together. As long as we're a family with a peaceful environment and a good community. We can be a really good example of People who have persevered through a really weird time in the world's in, in the lives of the world or the world's lives or the whatever. I don't know how you want to put it. I just got my alpha brain back like two days ago, thankfully. Um it was something really like this could this might be it for me. And I didn't look at it in a scared way. I was like, this is this could be great. This is almost too good to be true. This could actually work. And then we discussed like, okay, well, this is your place. What do you want to do? Do you want to sell it? It'd probably be a good idea to sell it and just be done with it and just put all your money into the next thing. But uh, she was adamant about keeping that as a rental property. I was like, okay, well, then I'm going to say my last piece on it and then it's, it's your stuff. You do what you want with it. Okay, this is your thing. I don't do property management. That's not my thing. So I got other stuff to do. So I'm not going to manage this property because that's your thing. I have other stuff that I want to do. I have hobbies and projects and other things that I want to do. So you manage it. You take all the money. You're good. This is your thing. So then at that point, that was their plan. That was the plan. And she's like, okay, so I'm going to give up. I'm obviously going to, this thing that I've worked so hard for, to have all to myself, this beautiful apartment all to myself that was gifted to me by my friend Beth. Um, I now had to give up that, something I worked very hard for with the hope of creating the dream of my life, my, my life's dream, my life's work culminating near the ocean. You know, we looked at a house. It was It was cool the property was great but the house was so old and so dilapidated it's like it needed 50 grand worth of work and it wasn't everything and obviously since i'm not the one putting down the small deposit and it would require other puzzle pieces too in order for this thing to happen so i'm like i respected all of her opinions and wishes and wants I'm like this is what you want great cool i would show her places and you know we started looking around november so this is what we're going to do. 
this is actually happening. But I didn't say anything. I, I was I quietly mentioned it once on the, on the podcast, but I was like, whenever I say something like this, it falls through. These plans fall through every single time. And that made me nervous. That made me nervous a lot. So I get the date that I'm giving up my apartment to some nice person who's going to live upstairs. And now I'm planning for a, th- my permanent future. And I'm like, okay. So I haven't, I have this idea in mind. Like, I'm going to pay off this much. I'm going to pay off, every, well, I'm going to pay off all this stuff. I'm going to have this left over. That's going to go to her as support towards our, our dream. And then the rest of it is going to be used towards uh, an engagement ring. And that will happen one year later. And I was like, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. So the commitment for us to be together and then for us to be committed as two people. Great. Great idea. And then working on, you know, how am I going to make money? And then I was solving that issue as I was down towards the seacoast. I wanted my whole life to be down there. I solved that problem. Obviously, I had to take a pay cut because I wanted to start a new career and I wanted to be in a position where be in a position where I actually liked what I was doing. And I I was in a position to have stress-free environment where I could be more creative and make better content and when weddings came back, which thankfully they thankfully they by the end of the year they did and I got a sweet one under my belt. I had to make some, you know, PG-13 omissions from that video, but I managed to do it. Um and I got paid. So what was weird was, I, so I went to, I'm like, this is the last, probably the last Christmas I spend uh, just, you know, alone with my sister and her husband. Because after that, it was probably going to be like a, you know, a big get together at the house or something. I don't know. Something like that. Where everybody kind of gets, and that's a weird thing. You know, because you never know how people kind of interact when they first meet or who's going to be the most obnoxious. Who knows? So I'm thinking all these things. And obviously my work with the nonprofit had come kind of to a standstill because COVID, you know, kind of screwed that up a lot. Um, But, you know, I was looking forward to seeing them again too. So I'm moving out of my apartment bringing all my stuff downstairs. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to set up shop down here. It's going to be, and I said, this is going to be the hardest winter ever because we're going to, we're going to finish out this year of craziness and I'm going to be stuck downstairs finishing out what I'm doing there. And it's going to be hard. And then there's going to be this massive light at the end of the tunnel and everything's going to be great. So, I did all the moving. For the record, I did every single piece of moving. I moved every single piece from upstairs to downstairs. Everything. Everything I owned. Didn't She didn't lift a finger. I did it all myself. And then I noticed, as soon as I, start, as soon as I moved down there, and this is tough to admit, but it's true. The intimacy stopped. 
So she was, you know, doing her college work because, you know, she has her goals of whatever reason. And I'm like, okay, good. And that was making her busy. And she, and it's a stressful situation when you're, you know, doing double classes and all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. I totally get it. You need time to do that and all that stuff. And I've got a, a sleep schedule where I've got to get up early so that I can get ready for it because, you know, whatever reason. And so we'll work through this. And we will get to the new place and 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 make it work. And we had some bumps in the road, you know. There, when by the time December hit, there were some, there were some arguments there, and I tried to work through them. You know, I came to the table and I was like, "Let me let's work through this, and so that we can be on the same page about everything that's going on, and being truthful and honest and communicating properly." You know, relationships are like that. I think. I don't know. And I'm always I'm always thinking in my head, what could I have done differently to, to better the situation? But like the last time, I remember, it's like, wait a minute. How am I in the wrong here? No relationship is perfect because no individual in the relationship is perfect. What's perfect about a relationship is that you're willing to work through it to better it. Because we all come into relationships with flaws with opinions and then we kind of mold them into a, 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 a joint unity that helps us be a better family. So I work through my imperfections to be a more useful individual in the home. But I noticed that the intimacy stopped basically. And I was taking care of myself. I was working out. I built a home gym. I was reliable, building, still doing the coffee, the groceries, everything, all that shit. I took care of that. So this is where it gets complicated. So I got to think through this. There's no amount of notes that I could look at. It doesn't prepare me for this part because this is the hardest part. Because we're now approaching 2021. And she's looking at these houses. While we're looking at these houses and we are together. And I'm starting to like, okay, you want to meet my, you want to meet people in my family? Let's meet people in my family. I'm, I'm, you know, it took so long, but now's an opportunity. Do you want to meet them? Cool. She was great. And I was still meeting people parts of her family and going to things and all that stuff and i mean the the whole the little girl thing that was still something that i was working on and chase and i were still super close we were still best of friends and i wasn't jealous and i wasn't looking at anything else in particular I wasn't suspicious of anything at all but we looked at a house I kind of hung back during the, the the viewing of the house. And I was like, you look ahead. I'll look second. You go ahead and, and look, you know. And the, this this house was nice. It was a very nice house. It was a very big house. I was like, this is, there's, I'm, I'm looking through this house. I'm like, there is no way this is going to be our home. No way. Like, I mean, 
I said to her, I go, here's everything that I am. Like, here's my credit score right now. Here's everything that's gonna, that I have for debt. Here's everything that's going to be paid off. And then here's what I can give you going forward. It wasn't much, but it was going to be more, even though I was going to be making less. And then going forward, once I, and still buying the groceries and doing all that. And then as I figured out my money situation, obviously I would contribute more. And then progressively get better at that and be, produce, offer more. You know, that's what you do. You give what you can. And then you obviously, you give what you can, but when you love somebody, you give more, a little more. Because that's the extra effort that makes the relationship great. And you try to understand where they're coming from. Whether they're right or wrong. And as we're looking at the house, I noticed that, well, I'd get home, or I wouldn't get home, but there would be times I, I, I would go from, do shoot some video or whatever, and one day I came home, and she said that she's going out, because she'd been doing, studying, you know, writing stuff all day, writing a thesis or papers or whatever, essays, and she said, I, I'm going out, and I'm like, okay, yeah, just, you do you. I love you. Great. Good. No worries. So she goes out. Okay. Now, when she would go out, I would, I'd lose my appetite because I, I, I wanted to see her. That's how I am with people. I, I begin to lose my, and I eat, you know, but I would lose my appetite. I wouldn't be hungry. I couldn't really, and I, I, I've done this before. I can't sleep in the bed because I, it doesn't feel right. So I'd lay on the couch and I'd fall asleep on the couch and then she'd come home. Um, so we're in, we're in the process now of um, basically signing paperwork. We make the, she makes the offer. She's working with her real estate agent who's also her basically, you know, best friend, boss or whatever. And this thing is now progressing. I'm like, this is really happening? Like, we're actually going to live together and love together and through everything, this is going to be a thing? And trying to work through it. And it's like, look, we are now, and this is a, this is a $600,000 house. So I'm committing to somebody, my life and my name, my name and all the credit that I worked so hard to build and I'm going to be a part of this over half a million dollar house. Okay. I'm a man of my word. I'm committed. Let's do this. I am loyal to the end. But as I, as we got closer to the day, I noticed that these stepping outs, you'd say, would happen more and more. I found it odd but I kept, emotionally didn't, I didn't say anything about it. I kept my distance and was there every night. That's the thing. I was there every night, home every night. I was making sure that everything was the way she, she would want it to the best of my ability. And we signed the paperwork. We met the people who owned the home. And even though some of the comments she made about who was the breadwinner and all that stuff. I didn't really laugh. I was annoyed by it, but I kind of let it be. 
We took the picture. Oh, we're so happy for this couple. And we're sitting, and I'm there, and I'm happy. I'm like, wow, I, I own this home now. It's a whirlwind. So how are we going to move all this stuff? So I'm like, look, I, I'll, I'm, and I'm trying to figure out, these are the only days I could get off uh, to do this. So I did that. And so all this stuff got moved. The day we were packing up, the day we were packing up, her mother was giving her shit. And she's, you know, tech, having a drink or eating some tuna and texting somebody on the phone. And it's like, okay. And then I was like, okay, well, um, let me, I'm like, well, I ate Morgan's mac and cheese because I was hungry. Let me go. I'm going to take her to McDonald's and I'm going to get her whatever she wants. I'll, you know, so me and the little girl, and then you wanted me to drop her off at your mother's. Okay, cool. So me and her get go in the Mustang because she loves the Mustang. That little girl loves that Mustang. And we go, we get in line and we're chatting back and forth. I'm like, you want to sit in the front seat? Yeah, you want to sit in the front seat so you can see everything that's going on. And her grandmother is waiting for her. And we get there and I drop her off at her grandmother's. It's like, okay. I'm like, you know, have a good night, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now the house is almost completely empty. I come back home. There's nobody there. There's no car in the driveway. Don't know where she is. But I'm not going to bother her. But I'm like, let me sleep in the bed. I'm sure she'll be home soon. I'm pretty sure that by the time she pulled into the house, the house that we were still living in, not the new one, that it was probably closer to midnight. Somewhere between like 11 and like 12. And generally we get up around like 5 a.m. And she wasn't going to her grandmother's house. So I found it strange because it's not like TJ Maxx is open at 1030 at night. So I'm like, okay, let me just, whatever. I didn't say anything about it. Nothing. We pack up everything. There's no intimacy at this point. So obviously now we're, now we're getting into some weird territory here. We're in a relationship together. There's no intimacy. And this person is out until almost midnight. And I'm home. And I just dropped your little girl off with her grandmother. And you're not here. Okay. So we're officially leaving town. I left some stuff there that I had to go pick up later. You know, the Mustang was in the garage. Back in the garage because it was still you know, between spring and snow. <laughs> um, so I, I pull into the new house. You know, the dad was there. The, her dad was there. And we were going through some of the measures of the house. And it, we, we're, we're fresh there. We're fresh there. And she works an hour, like an hour away practically at this point. And... Um, so 
I've got all this time on my hands. I'm working on things around the house and just trying to keep things good. And but I'm I'm but through this time, I almost forgot this. Through this time between January and March of 2021, I'm starting to get berated and belittled and diminished in my achievements. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it emotional abuse, but I was definitely getting degraded. Everything I was doing was wrong. Nothing I was doing was good enough. Whereas everything I was doing before was spot on. It even says it in the in the card. This like this get this you know card that I was given. You know the perfect boyfriend. That's what I was. And now I, there's still no end to me. We're in a brand new house. Well, it's not a brand new house. The house is 100 years old. But we're in a to us we're in a brand new home. And uh, you know. There's still no, uh, none of that, no intimacy. And I know that, I know what time she's, she should be home. So it's like, you're in a new, you just bought a new home. There's so much financial implications involved with this. So if you're, if you just bought a new home, why wouldn't, don't you want to come home to it as quickly as possible? Why are you coming home at eight? Come home. There's, there's dinner and there's, all this other stuff. And, but I'm getting all these restrictions and, and all these, you know, arguments towards me and I'm being belittled and yelled at. And I keep going back to that night where we literally, we just spent, I just did all this work with the grandmother to move, put all your stuff in boxes and stuff. And then I take your little girl out for, for dinner and then you're not there. And now I'm starting to feel like I'm not good enough or I'm, I'm, uh, I get the idea. I start going back all the way to when I first met her and her at the time fiance. I felt like I was going to be replaced. I felt like I was, I was being transitioned out and I relayed this to her directly. Am I being replaced? Am I, I, I feel like I'm being transitioned out of this and somebody else is going to come into your life you know and obviously when you are insecure at that time you at least want some reassurance that look we just made a six hundred thousand dollar purchase together wouldn't you think that i would get some reassurance at this point that we were loyal to each other and that this was our thing and we were going to work through this or this was our, you know, this is the, this is a huge commitment. I didn't get that. I didn't get that at all. I got none of that. And I was saying, I love you. And I was, I bought her little girl diamond rings, diamond earrings. And I was, you know, I bought, I was there. The dog loved me. The, 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 the grandfather loved me. The, 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 the baby's dad we were we got along great. Everything was on my side, and I was communicating with the grandmother much better. But the elephant in the room was still there, and I was hooking up 
her phone to the Bluetooth because we have the, the way the kitchen's set up, it has that microphone set. It's really cool. Where if, if you plug in the stereo, it's in the ki- the living room connects to the kitchen. So she's like, you want to connect my phone to... You want to connect my phone to the stereo? I'm like, sure. So she hands me the phone. And this, her phone blows up off the hook all the time. It's constantly going. So I'm like, whatever. She has property management stuff that she needs to uh, attend to. She has friends and family that are constantly talking. She's talking to. She has business workings at work and stuff. So she has all these things that she's, you know, that's her phone. That's her business tool. So you respect that. But as I'm doing it, I I just see guys' names. And I just see the scrolling text as I'm connecting the thing. And it's like, you're thinking in your head, what is it, what is this? And then the other side of your head is, don't read into it. It's not what you think it is. It's You're blowing this out of proportion. And But you're still in your head. But you don't cross that line. Because if you do, you're going to fuck this up. It's not what you think it is. And you keep telling yourself, it's not that. It's not what you think it is. And then it's Friday. It's Friday morning, one Friday morning, and I'm, you know, I say goodbye to the little girl because I know that she's going off to her grandmother's for the weekend, and it's like her birthday. So I made sure that I got the reservations at the place that she wanted with the little igloo-type setup because COVID, uh, they still had those cool little outdoor you know, seating things. And I got that all set up for the family reservation and everything. And I was really pumped. I'm like, yeah, I got this. This is going to be great. So, but she's going to be, and then she's going to go see her, her grandmother and they're going to have the birthday in Manchester and all that stuff. And then, okay, cool. And then Sunday, great. Um, so I'm done with, with whatever I'm doing. And then I, Well, I text her, what do you want for dinner tonight? It's Friday night. What would you like for dinner? Because I'm assuming that she wants, she's going to want to come home or something. So she texts back immediately, going out for dinner and drinks. I didn't respond. I was like, okay, you're going out for dinner and drinks. You probably had a long week. All right. So I left it alone. So I'm home doing my thing. I get a text back that at nine o'clock at night that I am going to stay at my mother's for the night, which means that she is somewhere in the Manchester area. She's had too much to drink. Okay. No problem. I call her and she doesn't pick up. She texts me back instead saying that she's too drunk to talk. Okay, so you're too drunk to talk, but you texted me perfectly well before that you're too drunk and you're going to go to your mother's. Okay, fine. So I text her back saying that, text me when you get there, please, so I know you're okay. 
Because at this point, I haven't spoken to you verbally over the phone. So I don't know if it's either you messaging me or something to that nature. But I, I text her back. So she texts me saying she's too drunk to talk on the phone. Because I want to know that she's it's her and that she's okay. And at this point, still, no intimacy in the relationship right now at this point for this past couple of months. And she says she's too drunk to talk, so I text her back saying that, you know, text me back when you get there so I know that you're okay. No response. So now I'm concerned because the person that I love the most is 30 minutes away in a town that she doesn't live in. And I don't know where she is or if she's okay. She's The text says, the text says that she is. So I drive to Manchester because I need to know that number one, she's okay. And number two, if everything that is legit is legit. So I go to her mother's house that she says she's going to be there. It's now 930. I go there and it's her mother, the little girl, and they're watching TV together. But no one else is there. Her car is not there. She's not there. She hasn't, and her grandmother has not heard from her at all. She only knows that she's supposed to be coming tomorrow to do the, you know, the birthday thing at this restaurant. That's it. And I, I said, I'm sorry. I just, I would like to know where my girlfriend is. Because I haven't heard from her and I'm, I'm concerned. I didn't hear from anyone for the rest of the night. So now I am in a full fucking emotional panic. I go home. I said, I don't know anything other than what I know that she's not here and she's not there. So I go home. The next morning, um, she texts me stating that she got there. Her mother picked her up according to her because I, I called her, 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 her baby's daddy because nobody was giving me the right information. She said she went to La Coretta's and she had dinner and drinks there and that her mother picked her up apparently and drove her there. Drove her home. Even though they're, well, we'll get to that. So basically, the, the it lines up and according to her timeline, she got too drunk and she somehow managed whether driving herself or her mother picking her up, bringing her to her mother's place. So at that point, I'm in a full-blown concern. I'm not, I'm not buying what she's selling. I call her, the biological father, to get a hold of the mother. She wouldn't give me her number. And she says that she picked her up. Something to, to the effect of, I, I don't know if he's telling the truth, but apparently from his mouth, she was picked up and brought there. Okay. So I'm like, and then I started texting her. I'm like, Hey, Medusa, where did you go? What time did your mother pick you up? She's like, why is this any of your business? I'm sorry. I thought we were a together thing. 
I thought you were supposed to be coming home to me. And if you were that drunk, I offered to pick you up. I offered so many things. But at this point, now I'm just sounding paranoid. Now I just sound like I'm overbearing and crazy and suspicious and jealous and all this stuff. And right now, I'm in the wrong. Right now, at this moment, I'm in the wrong. She sends me a text because I called her, her biological. And she says, stop bugging people. So I just dropped the whole thing. And then she sends me a text saying that she's going to spend the weekend there in, in Manchester. It's like, okay. She comes back. I didn't, I didn't bother her at all. I left it alone. She comes back. I'm already full-blown suspicious. She's not even speaking to me at this point. Maybe she's mad. Let her blow off some steam. I'm like, something's wrong here. Something is off. Because I, number one, in my mind, that even though it could be wrong, I don't think she went there. I don't think she went to her mother's house. I think she went to a guy's house. I think she's lying to me. Because you're not having sex with me. Who the fuck are you having sex with? Because of your past, you have basically uh, gone through Angie's list of dudes. And now all of a sudden you're just not interested in stuff. Could be possible. Always give the benefit of the doubt. You know, guilt is proven beyond a reasonable doubt. If there's a reasonable doubt, that person walks. So she comes back. She's getting her, her little girl ready for school. The phone blows up again. And I say, fuck it. For the first time in my life, post-Andrea, I'm going to look at this phone and I'm going to see who the fuck this is and see if my suspicions are more warranted than they need to be. Or whatever, however you, I don't know. However you put it. So I look at text section number two. And there's a guy messaging her. His name is John K. I don't know the full last name. That's all I know. And there is stuff here about, you know, there's there's cute names and shit like that. And there's some, there's a text message back and there's text back and forth. And the one thing I didn't check, which I should have, is shared message, uh, shared images, but I didn't check it. But there's definitely no mention of me at all. And they're having this argument. And then I look back to Friday's texts. There's cutesy, cutesy emojis and stuff. And then something about I see you and I see you also. Stop texting on and driving. You have baby on board, blah, blah, blah. I'll, and then I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe they work together. Maybe they're just friends. Maybe he's some gay guy or whatever. But then it connect, I start connecting dots. And this leads me to the whole thing. Now the, puz the puzzle pieces are starting to come together. That Friday, when she didn't come home, I'm reading the messages from that morning. 
So, and I'm not showing you the messages. I'm reading them to you. So where am I taking you to dinner, dear? Where am I taking you for dinner, dear? I don't know, dear. Copper door? So what time were you thinking? Her response, five question mark. At this time, I moved away from the phone, from these pictures that I took of this text conversation, and left it there because I knew that I only had a short period of time before I would be caught. Caught catching her. So now we have a timeline like this. You didn't come home to me, but you were having dinner with a man. You weren't intimate with me, but you were having a private dinner with another man. And he's buying her dinner. That's a date. Let's continue on because shit gets even weirder and we're going to come back to this full circle because now we have a section of they went to dinner, she doesn't come home, and I don't know where she is. I, and between the hours of 9 and 12 at night, I know she wasn't at her mother's house. So where is she? Okay. A couple days later, I'm not bothering her. I'm not giving her any shit. I'm just leaving her be. She sends me a text saying, when you're done walking the dog, you can start moving your stuff out of the bedroom and upstairs into the spare room. That was a text message. And I, at this point, I'm like, what? You're telling me to take my, my stuff. You're telling me to take the, boy, take the boyfriend's stuff out of, the, out of our room and go move upstairs? I walk into the room, I walk into the bathroom where she's taking a shower, and I go, what is this? We're not doing this. What is this all about? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what's going on. But if this is a conversation you want to have, and I'll accept you faults and all. Now, obviously, I don't have all the information, but, and I don't know about this, uh, I only know about this stuff. I know nothing more. But she's like, you either leave, you either move out of this room, or I will legally force you out. And I backtracked completely. And I said, you, you know, I'll do that. And okay, just fine. So a conversation, well, it wasn't a conversation. It was a forced agreement. If I decide to let you back into my bedroom. And all of a sudden I'm like, you, she said to me, you're sounding like th that guy all over again. And I'm like, oh my God, am I really that guy? So I at that point, I, I left the bedroom. I walked outside. I returned a phone call to my mother because she called me the night before. And I told, I told her, look, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but this is all I know right now. And that is something that is, this is what's happened. And I'm not, feeling right about all of this. I don't know what to do. But I, you called me, so I'm returning the call as a good son would do. And I don't... I, I, but I knew in my heart that this thing was free-falling. So I called 
my best friend for financial advice. And it's just me and the dog in the middle of this field. I'm just kind of walking him around and stuff. And I'm completely in a daze, emotionally in a daze. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do. What Financially, what are your thoughts? He goes, what has taken place? I go, so this is taking place. And this is what she's telling me to do. He just tells me, just quietly pack your bags and get out of there. Because legally, there are so many things that can happen from the moment you walk back there that will paint you in such a bad light that you will have no recourse. He said, just pack your shit and get out as quickly as you can, quietly. So that's what I did. I just grabbed some laptops, the text messages that I had, and a spare thing of clothes, and I got in my Lincoln and just drove. I told them what I knew and what happened. And the the conversation was very... uh, When she messaged me back about... Because I just... I. You have to understand, I just quietly packed my bags, got in my car, and left left behind a half a million dollar house, my Mustang, a little girl, my love, love of my life, and my best friend Chase, and the dream of living by the ocean with all these things together as the way it, a, puzzle pe- a puzzle should look. And I'm putting all this together, I'm like, I just lost everything. I just emotionally lost everything. And now I'm attached to a home that I'm no longer welcome in. Because that's a play on words. It's basically like, oh, you can live upstairs and pay rent to me. You're just a rent check at this point. How do you live like that? We just need to set boundaries. What do you mean boundaries? We've been sharing a fucking bed for a whole year. What do you mean boundaries? I made you dinner, breakfast, lunch, coffee, everything. I packed up the majority of the truck to move your shit. You've been belittling me for the past three months, degrading me, telling me everything I'm doing is wrong. So I'm basically thrown out, basically manipulated out of my own home. A home that I signed on as as a co-borrower. And, a, and yeah. So, hold on. So how, how, we, how do we put all this together? I'm, and, and I get these messages from her. She's like, you're not coming back? Okay, well, I, I mean, do you love me or not? If you don't love me, I can't stay there. If you don't love me, I can't be there. You need to just take me off the mortgage because you don't love me. And I need to hear that. I need to hear one of two things. I just, I either need space. I love you. I need, no, I'm, I don't, I'm sorry. I just don't love you anymore. That's what I was told. Wait a minute. Hold on a second, bitch. Fucking one year in a relationship where I did everything I possibly could to make sure that you were all set to continue on with your dreams and our future and signing on to a fucking half a million dollar house. You're now telling me that just a week and a half into it, 
that you don't love me anymore? You could have fucking told me sooner, cunt. But now I'm here in the middle of fucking nowhere with no, no little girl, no best friend dog, no girlfriend, nothing. I got a quarter of my shit. So I, I give my, fr- my, my, my phone to my friend at this point, basically letting them play intermediary. Like I'm too emotional to handle this, to text back and forth like this because she won't call me. She won't even call me to tell me that she doesn't love me anymore. She doesn't even, none of that. None, just everything via text. Just like, like this is an insurance deal or some bullshit. And so I, what do you do? You don't love me anymore. Well, then, then what am I doing leaving? So I just, you're not home. I'm going to cr- go and grab my things and leave. I left her a check for half the mor- for half the mortgage that month. And I said goodbye to my best friend. And said goodbye to this whole thing, this whole home. I've had my shit packed in a truck in 90 minutes. All the neighbors and the mailman that I said hi to and made friends with. I'd spent over $1,000 rebuilding the shed in the backyard to build the new spare parts studio back there. It was going to be something awesome. Gone. Down the drain. That whole thing. I did a podcast like three or four weeks prior to that saying how I was nervous and how I don't, I just, this seems like it's just, it's too good to be true and it falls apart and I put everything on hiatus to get reset up and ready to go and re, and just played for a fool. I pack my shit. I leave. I'm sitting there with nothing but text messages of questions of what might have been. And my name is still attached to this home. So I am, I am beholden to her decision-making. And I can't go back. I can't drive by. I can't go on the property because now all of it's starting to, it's, it's all starting to, all the crystals are starting to come to the surface. It's like, if I even go near there, it could be a restraining order, police action, anything. I can't go near that place. She tells me she can't refinance the house. She can't sell it. She can't do any of that shit. It's all in the text messages. I have all of it. So the legal stuff, I mean, obviously, I have to get my name off the mortgage because that's no longer my home. If you don't live somewhere, why the fuck are you paying for it? In this situation, the guy loses every single time. This comes to an amazing conclusion, by the way. A conclusion you wouldn't expect, but you would hope for. So, legally, in order to make this happen, I drop a, I drop a podcast in late April. And I was, the only way that I could move forward from starting with this podcast was to tell the truth like I've always done about what has taken place. And I couldn't just move forward with a new podcast without just becoming a a crying, sopping mess in front of the microphone. And I had no real evidence, no true evidence to support what I was thinking. Only how I was feeling. And it just fell, and I just fell apart on the microphone. I get a voicemail 
Well, basically from everybody. And after this, I shut my fucking phone off. I shut my phone off. I shut my, my MMS texting off after this call. I get a call from a friend of mine saying that in this situation, this is what you're thinking. This is actually the truth. Where there's smoke, there's fire. You need to get you need to seek legal counsel. Because your name is still attached to that. You can't do anything. You are basically frozen in time. So I get a I, I talk to Northampton PD because I'm obviously concerned about the dog. Because in, in under my view, under my supervision, Chase was in his best behavior. He was the nicest animal, and he was always safe with me. I talk to Northampton PD. They report to me that he was reported running around town without a collar, without any identification, through neighbors' yards, down the street, on the road, completely unsupervised, nobody watching him. And the owner was nowhere to be found. So the dog could have got hit by a car, shot, put in a fucking uh, a shelter. Who knows? So my best friend is just running around town looking for what? I have no idea. So he's just out there. And I can't save him. What do I do? I can't go to the property and check on him. I'll get in trouble. So I'm like, I got to save him. If I can, he's not legally mine. He's also not legally hers. He legally belongs to the grandmother. But I get these texts stating that, from her stating that, from from Medusa stating that, do you want him? He's He's... Do you want Chase because he's not behaving and uh, I don't want to leave him home alone and so on and so forth? Well, I'm like, you have to legally sign him over to me. Okay. You have to legally sign. And this is, and all these messages that I'm sending are being tapped into the phone by another person, by people that are caretaking for me at this point, because I can't be typing because I'm too emotionally fried. So this is what needs to happen. Yes, I would love to take Chase, but look, this it's not my home anymore, so this needs to be your home. And I don't know if that was the right approach or not, but this is the approach I took. Like, that's your home now. If you want me to take Chase, I'll take Chase. Because I know I can take care of him. And this went back and forth. I sent her paperwork. Just bill of sale, as is as seen as shown, no warranty. I'll take Chase. End of, the, end of discussion. It just turned into this giant runaround. And then I, I received the report regarding Chase and his behavior as far as he's, he, can, he, can get, he can get killed. He can get hit by a car. He can get shot. I don't know. So I'm like, fuck it. At this point, I have enough information to know that somebody's being selfish and somebody's manipulating me to do their dirty work. That somebody is being lazy and lying. And like I said, this all comes to a massive satisfying conclusion. Fuck it. I sign a retainer with legal counsel. I want my name back. Because I promised my dad years ago, and I wear his ring as a reminder, I will never let anyone take advantage of our last name ever again. Ever. And if I believe in my heart that where there's smoke, there's fire, that if I'm being manipulated, 
I will see this through to the very end to make sure that the truth comes out. Because all of you have gone through shit like this. Whether you were the victim or the fucking perpetrator, this is the truth of what's happened in many people's lives on smaller scales and on larger scales. And this is a fucking reminder that if you want it done right, you got to hire professionals. Because people are out, whether you think that they are being honest or not, they are out there to fuck you. Or they are, you are an expendable asset. You are nothing more than a rent check. And all I asked for was my name. I wanted just, you take that giant fucking half a million dollar house and just give me the dog. And you can take my name off and that's your home now. And, you know, the little girl can go to school down there and be in a good school and all that stuff. And then that's it. And I'll go lick my wounds uh, somewhere else. Many, many miles away. No response. None whatsoever. I just get, and then I, I, I look at all these emails of just waiting. And, no, and this shit, you have to understand, while all this is taking place, everything is stewing in the back of my head, as it would stew in the back of your head. What is happening every Friday night? Just like it was, is she going home? Is she doing this? No, she's definitely fucking another guy. That's what's going through your head every fucking day. That pattern of, of po possible behavior is going through your head. And you, you can't sleep. You can't eat. You can't work out. You can't think. You can't work. You can't function. You can't human. You can't talk to people. So I shut it down. I shut it all down. I stepped away from the podcast five episodes back in till I resolved this matter because I had nothing of value to say. Nothing. I was going on these crazy fucking rants. I was watching 300 Rise of an Empire over and over again, trying to get motivation to move forward on this. And then when I realized in my head, like, in my heart, that I knew that I was of good character, I realized at that point, fuck it. I know my behavior. I know her behavior. Let's, let's go to work. And I pushed forward. Because there was, I was willing to cooperate in every way, shape, or form. I had been cooperating from the very beginning through all this. And had been nothing but nice, or kind, or cooperative, or pleasant. I was receiving none of that. I only received a text once after I said I was grabbing a U-Haul that very early morning. I received a text saying, I'm sorry for everything. That's it. That's all I got. A text. Nothing more than that. No reconciliation. No willingness to talk. None of it. Just bing, bang, boom. We bought a giant house. It's over. Get the fuck out. Okay. So I packed my shit. Drove there one last time and left. Worked with my lawyer to make sure that I got partitioned off the thing. But there was no cooperation. He advised me so on and so forth. Okay. So the details are all there. You know, she knows. I know. But I wanted the dog back. And I would drop the law. You know, I, would, I, just, I just wanted him. I wanted my friend because I want love. 
I do, I appreciate love. I fucking shoot weddings, dude. I shoot weddings and dog videos. I love love. I really do enjoy people's happiness or people's pursuit of truth and meaning. And when they accomplish it, it's so beautiful. But when people are used, I call it out. And now that I am the asset that's being used, am I going to fucking... St everything that I've preached on this podcast, am I all of a sudden going to be... Am I going to back down and just be a sobbing mess and just let my dreams die? No. No. That's not going to happen. Not today. So fuck it. Let's put somebody else on their heels for a change. I've got no fucking debt, and I've got money. Let's go to work. You give me my name back, you give me my best friend, we'll call it a day. And then all I get is manipulation. All the emails there. Now, obviously, the legal stuff is basically just conversation and blah, 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 blah. It's all whatever. And while this pattern is taking place week after week after week, basically about two to almost three months of no contact, no videos, no content, no creativity, no movement whatsoever. This day, this deadline day, the day of, are you going to do this or not, comes upon us. And because I offered, this is true, I offered up to $5,000 for Chase. Five grand. Started with 25, went to 35, five grand. This house that was on, you could see it. It was on, on sale because she, all of a sudden she decided the market's really hot right now. So two months after buying the home that you wanted, you're now going to throw it back up on the market because you think you can make a quick $100,000 out of it? Well, first of all, wrong. Because I watched the price cut on that thing like eight times. So I get the message that I had been waiting for the whole time. To legally obtain Chase. And I had to make a decision. Am I in this for the money or am I in this for love? That is the most powerful question one could ask themselves. Are you all about money or are you all about love? Because I've preached from the beginning that I didn't care about money. I only cared about not having to worry about money being debt-free so that I could pave my own path. So I chose to write a little check for 500 bucks and go get my best friend. I got the clearance to go do it. I can't that drive with the roof down to go see him again and to legally make him my own because I knew that I was the one person he could be safe with. Because every moment that he was with her was a moment that he was in danger in my heart. I opened that door and I, for a second I almost didn't recognize him. But he knew me from the moment he saw me 
that his best friend was back. And when I saw him and he saw me, it was it was the greatest moment in my life and still is to this day. Because for that for that moment, I knew what true love felt like. And I know you guys say, people have said this. Uh, my friend's wife said, look, d- you know, dogs don't live forever. How is this going to make you feel better? Look, fuck that noise. I know dogs don't live very long. I know they live like between 10 and 15 years. But there are so many people, the ma- vast majority of people go through their entire lives not living at all. Just processing day to day to day until they just fade away to nothing but I knew that he could live his best life with me so I fought for it and I won but I knew that hugging him with tears coming down my face I knew I had some explaining to do now here is where things here is where the blanks get filled in As I'm hugging Chase, I look beyond him, and in the distance, I see a little girl jumping on a trampoline, get off the trampoline, and come running towards me. And it's her. It's the little girl. She remembers me. She knows my name. She knows who I am. She hasn't seen me in a couple months. And she gives me the biggest hug, and I give her the biggest hug. I didn't think I was ever going to see her again. Because after the age of five, I tend to connect really well with kids. I really do. Because then they start talking and you can kind of look at them and they can kind of look at you and you can kind of see what they're up to and they get an idea of what you're about. And they, you know, it's one of those things that there's truly something special in that moment when you can communicate with a child. So the grandmother comes to me and she's like, what is this all about? And obviously I'm not in the, I, I'm not, I don't have the best relationship with her, but I'm obviously emotional and I'm in a loving, regressive mood. And I go and she invites me inside to give me the paperwork. I said to her, why does it seem like everybody is so afraid of Medusa? She's like, we're not. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. We go inside. The little girl's drawing a picture. Chase is right there with me. I'm hugging him the whole time. And I'm obviously, there are tears in my eyes and my heart is trembling. And the night comes up and I said, listen, I just got to know between you and me. Because... The little girl was right there when I came that night. What happened? What transpired? Just be honest with me. Did she come home that night? And what was said between, what was said to me by the grandmother, well, I said that's between her and I. That will stay between her and I. 
but it's what the little girl said. Because the little girl was listening the whole time. As she was drawing the picture, she says, Mommy, come in the morning. So, here's the timeline. John K. Texas Medusa. Where do we gonna where am I taking you to dinner? They agree in principle on a place. I text her in the evening, where where do what do you want for dinner? She responds that she's going for dinner and drinks. She's going to dinner with drinks with at least John K. Then she says that she's going to stay at her mom's because she's too drunk. I call her to make sure that she's okay and offer to pick her up. She doesn't answer, says too drunk to text. At this time, you can assume that she's with John K. And then I go to her mom's. She's not there. Because she's with somebody else. And it is confirmed that she never went to her mother's that night. She didn't go to her mother's, which means she went somewhere else. And she was having dinner with another man. And she didn't come home to me. And she wasn't intimate with me. So if she didn't come home to me, her boyfriend, who she had bought a $600,000 house with, and she didn't go home to her mom's, and she was having dinner with another man, connect the fucking dots. Who's crazy now? Who's crazy now? Who's lying now? All because a little girl was listening to everything that we said and knew everything that we were saying. Your daughter ratted you out. Ratted you out and then drew me a picture and gave it to me. Everything in that moment came crystal clear. I was in love with a woman who was manipulative, sociopathic, um, and treated men basically as tools for a job, would, I guess, fall in love with them for a brief period of time and then throw them aside for for other men or whatever. It didn't really matter at this point. It's basically like, you're a fucking liar. You were fucking another dude. And you bought a half a million dollar house with another guy while you were fucking another dude. So you were basically holding a pen to sign the mortgage in one hand while grabbing a dick with the other. That's, that's, tell me I'm fucking wrong. And I bet you also that this guy, John K, probably doesn't even know that I exist. Probably didn't even know that I existed. Probably didn't even know that the girl he was fucking 
signed a half a million dollar mortgage with another dude that she had been with for a year. This is the timeline. I just gave it to you. All the circumstantial evidence is there. The only thing that would be direct evidence is a dick pic or me walking in while they were fucking. It's all there. All the circumstantial evidence is there. This can't be more compl- any more complete than fucking O.J. Simpson cutting that chick's head off. Allegedly. It's right there. And the behavior is similar to when she first moved in to the other house that I was renting out, that I was renting. They moved in. He got kicked out. We moved in. I got kicked out. So you tell me at this point, what have I done that's wrong? There's nothing that you can say at this point that diminishes my character. Nothing. I was upfront about everything. I was honest about everything. I was abstinent for the entire year before we met. I was honest and loyal to you the entire time we were together. So, guess what? Fuck you. Fuck you. Next time you date a guy, make sure he doesn't have a podcast or a YouTube channel. And this bullshit about believe all women, guess what? I'm not buying it anymore. I'm not putting up with your bullshit anymore. I will not take one bit of fucking criticism from anybody for anything that I do. I have gone through way too much shit and way too much coffee to fucking have to deal with anybody's viewpoint regarding this situation where I put my love and life and heart and my entire credit score on the line for a better future for a family, for everyone else to be happy, for us to be together. And you pull this shit You do this, the most dishonest, sinful, betrayful thing that anybody could do, the deepest, darkest layers of Dante's Inferno, the the seventh and eighth or ninth circle of hell, you have contributed, you have been a part of it. You did it. You're a shitbag. You're a fucking demon. You did this. You fucked another guy, you lied about it, and you threw me out. And it took a fucking lawyer and a dog to get you out of there. And thankfully, I'm happy to say that the house is being is now active under contract and is hopefully about to be sold. It will be sold one way or another. And that there's very little money to be made on it. And she and now that I know, every time I drive by that house, a good good people live in it. Good people live in it because they fucking deserve it. So pack your shit and get the fuck out. Because my goal is to come back to that town. And I'm going to be part of the ocean community. That's my fucking territory. I'm going to go there and I'm going to be there. And that's going to be my home in the future. That's where I'm going. You can suck dick. Well, actually, you've already been sucking dick. We just basically confirmed that. 
And guys, I got a message for you guys. Listen, actually, first, I got a message for you girls. You're on fucking notice. Okay? I don't want to hear any more shit about whatever you think or feel or whatever. I don't give a fuck. I want you to understand that there are, pe- there are women out there that represent you in the most horrible way possible. And you need to fucking make them accountable for the shit that they pull. Because everything that they do reflects on you. And guys, you guys need to be better too. You need to step up and be better. Because you're going to be the reflection of them moving forward. And you also need to know that you're not going to put up with any bullshit. You're also going to be good men. You're going to be honest. You're going to be loyal. You're going to be chivalrous and you're going to consider prenups. Prenups are important because prenups remind people that, look, this is about love. It ain't about money. And if this shit goes south for any reason, we part ways and call it a day. That's it. I don't give a shit. At all. And as far as her, as far as Medusa is concerned, she fucking cheated. And used me the entire time. And almost, and could have gotten Chase killed. That was a variability that was absolutely in play. So the next guy that sees her and and, and understands her bullshit, do me a favor. Treat her like the fucking whore that she is. The manipulative twat that she is. Literally, just grab her by the fucking hair Treat her like trash and just come right on her fucking face and just smush it in with the fucking pillow. And then just throw her a fucking towel. Just walk right out the door. Because that's what you do with trash. There are some people, I would hope that there are people out there that have done terrible things that would learn from their terrible ways and be better people. Be better humans in society. But there aren't. There are terrible people out there that have been trained to treat people like trash. You can't save them. So treat them like the fucking garbage that they are. They're trash. So treat them like trash. Treat them like gutter shit. They're absolute fucking trash. Because what I have been through, and what I have to portray for you, what I've had to portray to you today, what I've had to tell you today, this horrible story of a horrible woman who used me and my dreams and my love to get what she wants, which is essentially more fucking money. This is a story that needs to be told. This is biblical tragedy. But in this situation, I won. I got my best friend back. I got my best friend back and he's going to have the best he's going to have the best life. I've got all my money. I've got a future ahead of me. I've got no debt. I've got the truth behind me. I get to see the little girl again because I've made amends with the mother the the grandmother. So I get to have possibly that joy in my life again. I've been nothing but honest with you people and my family and my friends. And anybody who asks me. But I had to tell this story. I had to tell this story in order for you guys to understand that this is shit that happens to you. And not everybody has a microphone. Not everybody has access to be, or never has the ability to put this stuff out there. To tell this story hurts. Because this is shit that happens every fucking day to somebody. 
And it's time that that shit stops. It times that it's, it's time that we started being better people and treating people better. And you start that by being honest and genuine. Not by fucking people over. Not by using people. And you don't want to fucking be fucking cheated on. That's one thing. But then you use somebody and you tell them you love them and, blah, 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 and you're fucking another dude. You're getting penetrated by another guy who doesn't even know that I exist. And you're doing this while your little girl is somewhere else? And your lover is, or, well, hopefully, your boyfriend is waiting for you at home? It's just a, it's a, you're spinning a giant web of bullshit. And you're eventually going to get tangled up in it. And this time you did. This time, the only thing you have to go on is lies. You know, it's like maybe you're a good employee at a company, but you're an actual shit human being in reality. You have to live with it. You can spin as many lies as you want. But sooner or later, God will cut you down. These are the things that you have to live with. It can stop right now. You, you literally could stop this right now. People that are doing this to other people, you could stop this mess right now by coming out and telling the truth and saying, I'm going to do everything I can from this very moment to be a better person and learn to take my imperfections and improve upon them. You could do that. Everybody could do that. I have done that. I have friends that I'm close to that have done that. And they have been rewarded in wonderful ways that karma has provided them. They were cheaters. They were liars. They admitted to it. They went through the suffering. And now they are in a situation that is heavenly. They've worked so hard for it. And now they are here. And I'm happy for them. They deserve it. But the people who keep lying to themselves keep lying to their family and keep lying to their friends and their coworkers and to me I got no respect for you I've got it and it's not like I got anger towards you I've got anger towards the story but I still have pure distaste people tell you to forgive and forget and wish them well no I don't need to wish I got I don't do that that's not how things work you don't forgive and forget you definitely don't forget and there's no reason to forgive you just Understand the situation, you accept it for what it is, you tell your story the best you can, and you move on with it. But the story is here for everyone to know. The tragic tale that almost took me down. But now I'm here victorious. I have all my money. I have my future ahead of me, and I've got my best friend. And I have the, 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 the happiness of knowing that when I drive by that home, Good people live in it. And the people that the person that had to leave in it didn't make any money off of it. They had to pay all that mortgage and all that taxes. Just to let you know, the taxes on that house were over nine grand uh, a year. So take that into account. That wasn't paid by me. And I don't give a fuck who sees this. I hope everybody sees this. Because this is, look, I didn't do anything wrong. By telling this story, does that make me wrong? By reporting the facts, does that make me a bad person? You don't shoot the messenger. I didn't do anything wrong. I was just a little boy who had a dream. Tried to fulfill that dream. And got used for that dream. 
That's not right. That's not good value. So, what's going to happen from here? Well, we now know that somebody is a giant liar, a fraud, and a sociopath. We know that I am a loudmouth, but of true character. And that I, at least, have told the truth to the best of my ability. And have always continued from day one to be a better person every single day. And we'll continue to make mistakes along the way, but not defraud people. And we now know that that home will be sold, that I will get my name back and I will get my full credit. I have my best friend. I still have my dreams. I have my car. I have a lot of my possessions. I have my best friends. I'm now speaking to my best friends. I've got a lot of love to give. I also know that I've got work to do. I have content to create. I have concepts to come up with and I've got a podcast to do. And this needs to continue because I've missed a lot in the short time that I was away. But I can tell you one thing. I made quick work of this fucking bitch. But men, I need you to be careful. There are dream thieves out there and they want your shit. And do not be persuaded. Do not be tempted. Stand your fucking ground. Don't let this happen to you. This is a bookmark in time, and you need to remember this. Those who do not read about history are doomed to repeat it. This is a piece of history. Read it. Understand it. Write it down. Use these bookmarks and these notes so that you, when you see this information, you see these red flags, you know when to fucking pull on the parachute and get out of the situation because this can happen to you. And I can't guarantee that you will act as properly or as safely as I did. You could go down the rabbit hole and do something very stupid and then the cops show up at your door. Next thing you know, have a restraining order and then you're fucked. That can happen to you. I had a friend very close to me very early telling me to grab my shit and get out of there. And that very well could have saved me from real damage. But this is a story of victory. I have a lot to look forward to. A lot. And I want to say thank you to the people who have cheered, uh, cheered for me from the very beginning, before this happened, those who reached out when, it was si- when everything was silent, who my family and friends and my, the posing, people who wanted posing music from me, everybody who supported me during this time, who kept it simple, and who are waiting for me to come back. And to the nonprofits that have been waiting for me to come back. Thank you. Thank you. I really mean it. Thank you for inviting me back into your lives. Because you didn't have to. You didn't. You could have said, I don't want any of this liability on my hands. I'm stepping away. You could have done that. And I would have understood. But you said, thank you. Come back. We miss you. We want to see you. We want you to be a part of this. So here I am. 100% truthful. Are there things I miss? Maybe. Probably. I didn't bother to go through the whole legal details and go through all the emails. That's all technical shit. But the texts? Those are 100%. And his name? That's his name. 
That's definitely his name. So, this chapter of my life is basically done. I look forward to the next one, whatever it may bring. I have some things I'm working on. If there's anything to report, this is the most detailed I've ever been about anything in my life since I wrote the first No Excuses article back in 2014. This is the most honest I've ever been. The most honest I've ever felt. Um, this is a lot. I, I just gave you my heart. And I told you that I, I, I made a huge mistake. And my mistake was trusting someone. That was my mistake, trusting somebody. So you understand, it's going to take me a very long time to get to the next point in my life. But I've got the support of my best friends, my family, my, and I have my best friend. I, w I go to bed every night, he's right there with me. I wake up every morning, he's right there with me. It's the greatest feeling in the world. And I wouldn't trade it for any amount of money from a, from a sale or just anything. I would defend him with my last bullet. I would defend him with my last breath. And I will make good on that. But fuck any person that would treat somebody like that. That would treat me like that. That would treat you like that. Quite frankly, if somebody kicked her off a fucking cliff tomorrow, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. So we're done. This is it. This is full disclosure of everything that has taken place and that I have been vindicated of everything. Although I didn't do anything wrong. This only paints her in the worst of light. She was a liar. She was a fraud. She was a betrayer. And she was a fucking sinner. Men. You have been warned. I love you guys very much. And I will talk to you soon. And I will be back with more. This podcast goes on. The story continues. I look forward to just talking more bullshit and saying whatever is on my brain and the nerdy stuff that we got into before this whole mess happened. I love you all very much. You can contact me in any way, shape, or form and we'll go from there and maybe, I don't know, more to come. So, um, I'm going to go take my dog for a walk. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you very soon. And I mean it, like really soon, probably like next Sunday. So thank you for listening and watching and subscribing. And I'll talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you And I think to myself What a wonderful world 
glassy skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies cry. much more than I never knew, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world, yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful world.